Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Ross, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Hey, I uh, it's it's World Radio Day today. Wow, how about that? Even digital radio. So aren't we uh, you know, we had to do a show and we had to have one of my favorite people on for that show. Um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome back one of our returning guests, Mr. John. Three, John Connor of John Three. John, how are you, man? For a Monday, I'm doing pretty good. Been, you know, <laughs> typical Monday, busy. Well, you know, and when you take a typical Monday and then you have a release day on top of that, it just makes things that much busier. And then my mom brings by Brooke, my oldest niece. So Brooke's there, mm-hmm. so I'm. Trying, I'm trying to get things done, and then my youngest niece, Kat, comes by, so my dad and I, we're trying to corral the two girls, and I'm trying to get things done, uh, and just all these things are going on. So I would say it was a pretty typical release day Monday. Yep. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> hey, how how is the weather doing down there in uh, Waco, Central Texas? All over the place. Uh, two weeks oh, ago, we had the ice storm. It was not as bad as Snowvid back in 21, but it it was enough to where we were like, if I ever see snow or ice or anything of that such, I would I'd be happy. And I think a lot of people agree with me. I mean, hey Jamie, I I I wouldn't mind moving down to Florida with you. I wouldn't mind. I mean, this is me. I realize y'all have hurricanes, you know, and stuff like that. But um, it's just been kind of all over the place, and it's been kind of typical where it could be eighty one day and thirty the next. You really never. It's typical Texas winter weather. At least with summer, at least you know what you're getting: hot, hotter, right. hot, and so forth. But it's been crazy. Yeah. In fact, that's that's why that that my schedule's been kind of off because. We were off for three days, two weeks ago, and mm. I'm still I'm still playing catch up on just stuff mm. I need to do with work and music and lessons and what that one of my students was like, hey, did you print off the the new song we were working on? I'm like, no, I forgot. And just so yeah, just always something. <laughs> always, always something. something. So, always yeah. something. Oh, yes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I um, yes. the other night our neighbors uh, we have some neighbors it's an elder lady and her uh, she's got a she's raising her granddaughter a special needs girl and uh, you know they came over about about five o'clock I hear a knock at the door I'm like uh oh what's going on so I uh, you know I answered the door and they're like Jamie we need help we need help I'm like it's okay what what's happening and they she got a basketball hoop. She had one and it had broke and she got a new one. 
and they were trying to put it together. And I had, this was Sunday. I had Monday, or uh, no, this was Saturday. I had Sunday all planned out. I said, okay, before the Super Bowl, this is what I got to do. I got to get this, this, and this done. And so, um, of course, I uh, I didn't say, no, I'm too busy. I said, let me go get the hoop. We'll bring it over here so I can work on it over here. And uh, I figured it would take me, I don't know, like an hour. How hard could it be, you know? Oh, my. It was an all-day thing. An all-day sure. thing. <laughs> you know, it's one of those deals where it's like you look at the directions and they're uh, they're crazy. And, and the, But the first thing that you, you see is this is a two-person job. I'm a one-person person. person. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, got it together. Got it together. Except the very end, my wife had to come. She came home from work and needed her to hold the pole so we could attach the base. But, uh, oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, one of those deals. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. But I hear you, man. I hear, You know, and it's weird because when I was younger, I never realized how regimented my, my days would get. And, you know, if, if you think about it, I don't know if you're like this. I'm like this. I know what I'm doing hour by hour usually. In the morning, I have a plan. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, this, this. From 1 o'clock till 3, I'm working on this. From 3 to 5, I'm doing this. And that, that's, a, that's a Monday. That's, that's just a normal day, <laughs> you know? Um, oh, yeah. Oh. And that's In fact, just I, how I it is you know, when that. you grow up. Yes. Is that going back to the uh, basketball analogy and, and, and building so they're putting something together, you know, even if you have the instructions and you've got all the tools and everything laid out, always expect for something to go awry, you know, and and that's oh, one thing absolutely. that I've learned. One thing I've learned the hard way is never say, oh, this is going to be easy, especially with recording. See, I made that mistake when I recorded, oh, what song was it? was Hallelujah on my last album. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, this is going to be so easy. And it was one, vocal-wise, like, now the music wasn't bad, but the vocals, because on the choruses, I did a five-part harmony. So it turned out to be one of the most difficult songs. So that's why that I've learned the hard way is, Never say, oh, it's going to be easy, and always expect something to take longer <laughs> than, than you think. Oh, it's absolutely. Going. If you think it's going to take one, it'll take three. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I have a door in, our, uh, in my wife's guest room. Um, I call it my wife's guest room. It's, it's a guest, it's a house guest room, but it's really her extra room. She has a bunch of her stuff in there. Anyway, the door to that room didn't match the door to the bedroom, which was right, uh, the main bedroom, which is right next to it. And uh, so I got this door, and it's sitting in there. And the reason it's sitting in there, folks, is it's real, not that challenging to hang an internal door. But I've done it enough times that just like John says, it should be a half-hour chore. It's going to be three hours. <laughs> and I just had an extra three hours to, to throw at it, yeah. you know. And uh, it throws the rest of your day off or whatever. Because, yeah, I'm I'm like you. Oh. I'm very planning, you know, oriented. I mean, I have all these mm. notes of, of things that I need to get done. Like today, I mean, I had at least minimum 
three or four things I needed to get done. And, you know, all of a sudden it's 2 o'clock. I'm looking – or, yeah, it was almost 2 o'clock. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I still got things to do. And then three orders came in. I had mail outs to do. And then here come my nieces, which I love spending time with. But it was just my day changed from what I had originally yeah, absolutely. planned. Oh. Absolutely. And it, it's just – that's just part of it, you know. I mean – it's uh, any youngsters out there. That's what you got to look forward to. That's all I'm saying. Just, just get ready because that's how it's going to be. You know, um, I don't know anybody tell you any different. Um, yeah, it's always something, man. Always something. But it's you True, know, yeah. it's just one of them things, and you know, it's part of it and whatnot. Especially, you, know, you have to understand too. Not only is John a uh, you know killer songwriter and uh, singer. He, you know, like all of us, all have other things we do in addition to what we're doing. And, um, you know, yeah, that's all that means is there's more stuff to do it. <laughs> you know, it's just more, more stuff to do. I'm telling you, it was funny. Me and my wife were watching some movie the other day and uh, some crime show, uh, cop show. And uh, the bad guy had, you know, he had a woman on the side and whatnot. And I was—I made some comment, just offhand comment, wasn't even really thinking. And uh, I'm like, I don't know where he gets the time. <laughs> My wife just started laughing because it's true. <laughs> you need yeah, extra time for that kind of stuff. I don't have it. I don't have it, let alone the extra money. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, you know, I mean, John, you're yeah. like, yeah. You're so busy and you're doing all this, and then you're like, eh, let's do another single. Let's do, let's do a blues single this time. And you did it and did it well. I love it. Thanks. I love it. We're going to play it here in a little bit. Drinking with the yeah. Saints. How cool is this? Yeah. It's different. You know, it, this, because when you look at all of my songs that I've done, singles and five albums and you know, I, I talk about my experiences and, you know, after five albums, you know, I talk about life experiences, things like that. Well, I believe this is the first time that I've actually written a song based on the contents of a book. And Drinking mm. with the Saints is actually, yeah, it, it's a great book written by my friend Michael Foley. And he incorporates uh, saints and their backgrounds with drinks and recipes. And, and you really learn a lot about the topic. And, this, you know, a song about drinking, it's nothing new. I mean, there's plenty of songs out there about drinking. I mean, just, just take Garth Brooks' uh, Friends in Low Places. So right. my song, it, it's, it's, it's a different perspective. It's not only about drinking with the saints, but also drinking as a saint. And it was a couple months ago that I was, I was listening to uh, the Drinking with the Saints podcast, that Mike and his wife, Alexandra, host. And mm. it's very good, by the way. And as I was listening, I thought, you know, this concept of drinking with the saints would make a really cool blues song. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I already had a, a blues tune in mind, so that part was easy. The music part was easy. The hard part for me, as usual, is the lyrics. So I'm thumbing through the book mm. one night and just to get some lyric ideas. And... There's just so much material in the book to work with, and I, I, I was planning on doing three or four verse song, and you know, so I thought I really have to choose something wisely that I felt captured 
this idea of drinking with the same right. and also be entertaining. And I think many people who will find the song very positive. I, I do. It, it's a very positive song. In fact, I actually sent it to one of my priest friends uh, in, in the Austin area, and he emailed me back, and he's like, wow, this song is really uplifting. So that, that made me feel good. But, you know, there's, there's all these songs out there about drinking in sort of a negative light, and, and I wanted Absolutely. to put a positive spin on this. And that's, that's the idea. That's where it came from. It came from a book a really good book and plus the podcast and it just it all came together it's just it's it's, it's no, a it's fun fantastic. song it's, I mean, it's it's blues i mean yeah absolutely well and the great thing about blues is blues are totally they're so relatable to so many people we've all been there and you know it's 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 such a just an american thing um i don't know maybe there maybe i've, I've never heard any I, i'm trying to think have, have I heard Italian blues? I, it's probably a, probably a thing, you know, or Germans. I, I don't know. I can't think of any right now. But um, it's definitely to me when I when I hear that a blues riff and I, I hear a blues track coming, I know it's it's, it's an American thing and it, it's it's and I expect usually something. It doesn't always have to be bad though. It, it doesn't always have to be negative, you know. Um, and and your, your your friends are right and you're right on this. This is a very cool track. I dug it. I dug it. And it didn't surprise me because I know that you kind of like, you know, you've been inspired by some blue stuff before. Haven't done a lot. Haven't done a lot. I'm trying to think the, uh, what was the one that I I really dug that you did? The the snow one. About the snow. Texas snow. Texas snow. Yeah. You know. I'm telling you, whenever I see on the news, John, whenever I see on the news, a storm in Texas. You and your family are the first ones I think of. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I hope they're okay. Yeah. And I know other people <laughs> in Texas, but sorry, guys. It's, it's, you know, because he, he talked about it so elegantly in Texas. No spot. It's true. We, it's true. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the thing about blues is if, if you if you go back to uh, pre, well, let's just say 1950s or so, you know, blues was what it was. I mean, you had Delta blues and you had Chicago blues and eventually Texas blues. But the thing about the blues that I think people really miss is that blues made its way over to England, let's say around the mid to late 50s, maybe maybe a little bit earlier. And it was that that inspired these Mm -hmm. young British musicians. Let's just name a couple. The Rolling Stones, I'm sure people have heard of them. The Beatles. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Eric, uh, Eric Clapton. So, yeah, all so that. what happened was once blues here in America made its way over to England, then now you have what we have as the first British invasion. So blues is very important. I think that, and I try to get this across to my students, that blues is what his t- classic rock would not be classic rock without the blues. So er- no. every style of music that we listen to has a, a a blues background. You know, somebody before them played the blues, and and just 
looking at the first British invasion with, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, and just name off all all the bands well, you want to. Uh, all of them. Pink yeah. Floyd, all of it. You know, that's where exactly. all that was from, yeah. Yes. And in fact, take Jimi Hendrix. When Jimi Hendrix, when he was here in the States in the early early 60s, maybe late 50s, but early 60s, he was a nobody. Like, nobody paid any attention to him, but it was uh, Keith Richards' girlfriend who talked him into coming over and playing in England right when the British invasion was starting to, you know, like, like the British pop mm-hmm. and the British rock was starting to get going. And then, and then Hendrix comes back over by the mid to late 60s He's a huge star, so it shows you how important blues has affected the music that we listen to and like. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Susan from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com. 
M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was just talking to a friend of mine, uh, a British friend of mine, and we were talking about being kids and music we were into and this and that. And, um, you know, it was it was interesting because it, where I grew up in uh, Metro Detroit, everybody thought England was cool. Everybody wanted to get over to London, man. That's where things were happening. All these bands we liked, you know, were over there. And uh, And he was in one of these particular bands. But it was funny because we were kind of BSing on the phone and it wasn't for a show or anything, just a couple guys talking. And he uh, he was telling me, he goes, yeah, meanwhile in England, we all wanted to get to America real bad. Because that's where all the money was. <laughs> money and girls. I'm like, well, there's girls in England. He's like, yeah, oh, but yeah. not like, <laughs> you know. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know. So I guess the, the grass is always greener, you know. The grass is always greener. Um, it is. But yeah. yeah you're absolutely right. The blues is what started it all, man. People don't, and I think you're right. I think a lot of uh, young people, you know, don't realize that. Um, super important, super important in, in music evolution, popular music evolution, you know. Um, it is. Yeah. And, and there's a reason for that. There's definitely a reason for that. And it's cool. Sure. I like that you, with your with your art, with your music, you do think about these things. You know what I mean? And you put it in perspective. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do a blues song. And that's why it's done right and correct. <laughs> you know? Very impressive. Yeah. Um, I've, I've actually thought about doing a, a blues. It. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about doing, you know, a blues album. But I, I don't know why I have it because I love playing the blues. I love teaching the blues. I mean, I've got probably a, at least one quarter of my students know how to play Stevie Ray Vaughan's Pride and Joy. They can play my song, Texas Snow. So I, I definitely know the importance of it from me as a songwriter and, and a musician in general. But, you know, I, I definitely want to pass that on because there was a time that blues just kind of took this little – little bit of nosedive, uh, you know, jazz got popular back in the, you know, 30s and 40s, things like that. Mm. And all of a sudden, by by the 50s, in fact, if you if you even look at, uh, when we look at uh, rockabilly, you know, Elvis and, you know, the Big oh, Bopper yeah. and Richie Valens, you know, they had a very blues-driven. So that was nothing new. It was just that it exploded with, the first British invasion in the 60s, and from then on, from then on, I mean, it, you know, if, if you were to trace back if one of my, my favorite guitarists is Slash, and if you trace it back, you mm. know, he, he, you know, one of his favorite bands is um, Pink Floyd, you trace back Pink Floyd, I, I guarantee you that somewhere down the line, if you trace back this, you know, quote-unquote lineage, there's something blues there that you go, oh, yeah, and it affects every generation after that. And it's really cool to see my students gravitate towards that. It's fun to watch. It's great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I just I, speaking of Slash, I just saw this hilarious commercial. I don't know um, if uh, – we, we're one of those people. We have an antenna on our house 
So there's certain shows we watch over the air that are uh, broadcasts and whatnot. We cut the cord several years ago and um, just, uh, you know, so sometimes we watch shows with commercials. And there was one, I can't remember who it was. I, I, I can't remember the product, but Slash was in it. And he was auditioning for some band, some garage band, in a garage. And there's these guys, like a bunch of these guitar players are sitting there, and they're all auditioning. And he's playing, and they're like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. So funny. The look on their faces, they're like, no, (laughs) we're not getting this gig. Oh, man. Oh, it's laughing so much. Not happening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's very, very cool. Well, you know, it, yeah. it's interesting, um, and I think it's smart, too. You release a lot of singles. You um, Now, you also do albums, though. You do albums. When you're releasing singles, is it in the back of your mind? You're like, eh, maybe I'll put this on an album. Or are some just, ah, oh, that's just going to stay a single that I release. You know, yeah. Well, the first, okay, so when I did the first album, um, School Days, I, that was material that was about 10 years old. And I was talking to a couple of my students about this, and that they actually encouraged me to put this uh, out there. And mm. by the time that – in fact, it was very short. Uh, it was very short, shortly after that that I was like, you know, let's do something different. In fact, I was actually reading an article about ways that you can really – hone in on on your musicianship and and really hone in on on your craft and one of them was try making music that it's in a different genre and that's what i did with my second and my third so when so when i did my second album which is all instrumental i did things that i'd never done before and i kind of recreated and in a way i rebranded myself as this instrumentalist even though that i was doing music or had music out there that you know, was lyrically based, you know, from my first album. And it was funny because when I went from my my second album, my, my, my instrumental album, I immediately knew that it was going to have, there was like a part two, you know, that let's, mm. let's keep this instrumental thing going. And by the time that I got done with, with album three and moving into album four, uh, which was uh, uh, back in Crawford, those were some old materials that I wanted to kind of bring bring out there that I either hadn't done or wanted to redo. So by the time I'd done five albums, I was like, all right, I've just done five albums in five years. That's a lot of work. That's having a full-time job, teaching, you know, over a dozen students, and then finding time. Right. And, of course, this is pre-RC, so I obviously had more time to write and record so I did five albums in five years. That's a lot of work. So when I go, so so I chopped it off there, and I was like, "All right, that's it. I'm going to just do singles, and I'm going to let this process happen organically." And that's why now I've released five. Yeah, actually, Drinking with the Saints is actually single number five, which means. Technically, I'm only a couple of songs away from releasing album six. Now, it's been over a year, which is fine. But yet, I, I just realized that I don't, I don't, there's not this necessity, you know. Yes, mm. I, I, I love what I do, but at the same time, I, I just 
I, I realize I don't have to make an album. I can just right. do songs whenever, like whenever. Yeah, I'm sure the same comes up with painting. I mean, you know, if you have a commission, you know, maybe there's a timeline, but maybe you just want to do a painting for fun or whatever activity or things like that, you know, in my case, songs. But, yeah, I, I, I spaced them out. I mean, last year I did four songs in a year, which – I mean, before I did, you know, six, seven, eight songs. So, yeah, right. I think I'm just, I think for me, I'm just letting things happen. But, yes, I, I, I do think that, you know, maybe a couple more songs and I will have an album. But for the meantime, I am. I'm having fun just doing singles because there's not stress. <laughs> there's not stress Absolutely. It. Oh, Absolutely. So yeah. And I, I was just talking about this to uh, another musician friend of mine, and uh, we were talking about music videos. And she was saying the same thing. She's, she's like, you know, the, the thing with music videos is there's a lot of stress that people don't realize. They don't realize, you know. Um, number one, you have to come up with a budget. <laughs> you know, you got to, how are we going to pay for this, you know. And, and we were talking, and even in my world, even in my world, um, you know, if I get approached by a gallery or, or some situation where they're like, no, we need this many paintings, you know, and we're going to sell these and okay, I, I, I have to come up with a budget. That's one of the first things, you know, you have to have an idea of what you're doing, of course, but then you got to figure out, okay, how do we make that, I turn those ideas into reality, you know, got to buy the, uh, the canvases. And it's so funny. So many people tell me all the time, they're like, well, you should just do these giant paintings, you know, like, like we see in the movies and stuff. And I'm like, that canvas is $300 that you're looking at. Not all the money in the world or anything like that. But if you're doing a show yeah. of 20 of those, <laughs> you know, and then you got to paint them, you got to have the time to paint them. It's, you know, it's just, it's like any business. It's like anything. It just takes planning and whatnot. So I dig, I dig what you're doing, man, because, any way you can cut some stress out is a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you what, as an artist, you thrive a little more. You thrive a little more because your your energy isn't going to, you know what I mean? It's going to your work. And well, that's a good yeah, thing. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, because that's one thing that I had to do on, at the very least, albums two and three, and I want to say even album four, there was about this midway point where, you know, I'm cranking out almost a song, a song a month, a song every six weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was that halfway point in the album where I had to take a, at least a month off just to decompress because I was just constantly in this writing, recording, you know, the whole production side of it. Whereas now, I just simply sit back. Now, I have to make a little caveat with that, but yes, I can sit back and just take my time. But the caveat is, and this has happened the last couple times in this, or the last couple songs, because I, once I get into this, once I get driven with the song and drinking with the saints is no different, where when I am really inspired, and in, in this whole concept that comes from Mike Foley's book, and then the Foley's podcast and just everything that comes mm -hmm. from it, I felt really inspired. So when I'm in the studio, 
I, I mean, I want to say Drinking with the Saints might have taken four hours to record, uh, you know, three wow. guitar tracks, two two or three vocals, piano, That's organ, quick. and drums. Uh, you know, then I sent it to my friend JR to do the bass, but... Yeah, like my part of it, like I was just so driven, and and that's why that I'm I'm very particular about songs, and I don't like doing filler songs. You know, when when you see mm. these bands that they'll you know they'll they'll do these ten or twelve song albums, and they'll have a couple couple fillers. In fact, if you go back farther than that, usually you would have like one or two hits, maybe two, and the rest were just and the whole filler. album. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. And you're I've like, bought many albums oh, okay. like that. Me too. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Now, I'm not saying every one of my songs is a hit, but don't want to put out garbage. I don't want to just put out something just to put out. And I think that's what I really have enjoyed with doing singles is I can take my time, even though that the recording process that I'm driven and I'll record it quickly the writing portion of it, I could just let it naturally flow. And that's what I love about singles is I let mm. it happen organically. Absolutely. Well, it's great for the fans, too, because it keeps it keeps new material out there and it, it keeps that momentum going. You know, um, I, I think especially in the in the current, you know, pop culture that we live in is everything's there's a lot of short attention spans out there, you know. Um, it's hard for a band or a musician to come back after two years. You know, it's, it's, you're almost starting from square one again, you know? Um, oh yeah. And that's, that's, you know, it, it, the great thing about singles is you always have something going. Um, you know, there's, there's always irons in the fire and I think that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> um, it know? is. I'm glad that you mentioned but, the specifically two years because it usually takes about that time. I mean, if if you're a band and you know whether you're a, a you know doing it for a living or whether you're you're doing it part time, the point is is that yeah you're spending a lot of time either writing and or in the studio. And I mean back well I'll say back in the day, but maybe even maybe even recently that people will actually. And in fact, I watched a um, several documentaries on, on Slash and Guns N' Roses because that, that's where mm-hmm. I, you know, learned, learned my craft from was Slash. And and I remember that, that, that they even mentioned that they would actually write songs. I'm sure many others were like that, that they would write songs in the studio, which means <clears throat> it's very, very expensive to do that. And uh, oh, guess, yeah. Oh, the, uh, the Beatles, uh, if you watch their documentary called Get Back, I believe it's on Disney, and they're writing an entire album in the studio, and I'm just kind of blown away by this. But that's a very expensive way. Of course, independent artists cannot do that. So when, no. when you look at this process of, yeah, it's going to take about two years, maybe three, that is a long time. And sometimes peop, uh, musicians, they'll, they'll drop you know, maybe a single or two just to kind of keep the fans stirred up. But... Mm-hmm. That is a long time because today we have a. I mean, we live in TikTok world, and you know it's a very yeah, short attention span, and that's why that. And you know, I, it's not like what I'm doing is some magical formula. I just do it because I don't want to get you know PTSD and 
have anxiety and stress. I do it because I I I I, I do it like, like you mentioned before. Strike while the iron is hot, and that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's very true. It's very true. Even in my world, even in my world, people all the time are like, "Oh, you know, you well, you put out eBay painting, or you know, paintings will sell on eBay. They're usually not as expensive as as big commissions and whatnot." And one of the reasons we I, I do that is to generate new interest. Um, new people see something, you know. I'll, I'll paint a painting of James Dean or something, and, and James Dean collectors will come across that and say, oh, well, he did this. I wonder if he could do this. You know, and then they email me, and a conversation starts, and, you know, there's, there's more business. But that being said, you got to keep – I call it shaking the eBay tree a little bit. You know, and that's why I'll throw stuff on eBay at least once a week. Um, I, I try to do it once a week. Sometimes it's every two weeks, you know, depending on how busy I am. But, you know, no, you're not making big money on eBay. Um, but it leads to other stuff. So, you know, there's a method to the madness. And this just goes to show, folks, for any budding musicians out there, people wanting to seriously get into the music business, you have to think about this stuff. You have to employ a little strategy. Um, you know, you can you can hang out at as many record shops or guitar centers or whatever that you can, hoping that some producer will walk in and discover you. But that's kind of a myth, you know. you, you got to get out there and work and, and, and have an idea, yeah. you know. Yeah, you really do. And, and John's one of those people that I've come across in life that I've become friends with that is very well, does it very well. Um, you know, there's a reason things happen the way they do. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that may take – I don't want to ruin anybody's dreams or anything or take any of the glamour out of – but if you're serious about what you're doing, it, it's, it's best that you, you come from a place of knowing, I think, you know. Um, and It is. You know. Yeah, there, there's a reason John watches all these documentaries. <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to school, folks. That's going to school. Yeah. You know? And what you do is you, 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 yeah, you do, you you pick up on these things. And I'm glad that you mentioned what you did because, you know, the, 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 the age of being quote unquote discovered, you know, where you're playing a show and you're hoping that, uh, that a producer or, um, or somebody from A&R, you know, even if it's a independent label, you know, those days of being discovered are gone. In fact, I was actually uh, reading something about that, that uh, even for people who want to get into uh, getting their music uh, into uh, music, uh, I'm sorry, into movies and television, things like that, uh, sync licensing is what it's called, um, where these, uh, I just lost my, uh, but the, uh, I must say, oh, the, uh, like the talent, you know, where where they're looking for uh, music for movies and television and ads, things like that. Mm-hmm. They've they've actually moved to looking for music on Spotify and Apple Music and things like that. They're no longer, you know, really searching for that. In fact, any time that I, um, you know, put out a new or, or send my my song to my publisher. They're, there's always asking, you know, they're always asking, you know, who do you sound like? You know, what mood is it? Mm-hmm. Well, what's happening is, is that um, these 
uh, music supervisors, that's it. These music supervisors, they're not really looking where you think that they would be. They're on Spotify. And if they go, wow, I like that song, that fits with this ad or this TV show, that's where they're at. So that's my method is you just keep putting your music out there, you know, if you want to be, you know, discovered, so to speak. You just keep putting it out there. If you think one single or one album is going to do it, <clears throat> it's not going to happen. That's why that I've got no. five albums. And it's, it's taken years. It has taken years oh, for these songs to start generating some buzz. So you just keep doing it. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Same thing with to. the art world. Same thing with the art world. I've had, I can't tell you, it's happened so many times where, you know, you and it's, it's cool. You know, it used to be a lot cooler. Put a spring on my step, you know, you get the letter or email or whatever. And um, no, somebody didn't discover you in a gallery. Somebody's like, oh, we're making this movie. Um, can we use this poster or this painting or, you know, put, put this in the movie? You know, we got a scene where this is, uh, a lot of set designers will contact you and it's great and you're like ah it's good. that's awesome you know usually you don't get paid if you do it's not a whole bunch but um man it has happened to me so many times and then here's the kicker you're like ah my, my painting's gonna be in a movie how cool is this and then the movie never gets released <laughs> that happened a lot and not because of that the painting sad. i hope yeah it's just part of it you know it's good but I always say yes, because you never know. You never know, you know. I mean, why not? Uh, you're not giving up any rights to it or anything. You're just giving permission. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, if it does happen, well, that's just increased. Someday on the Antiques Roadshow, somebody will say, oh, yeah, did you know this painting was in this movie? Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's part of it. It's, it's yeah. the... It's the sucky part of business, um, and you know, and in show, it's show business. You know, that's part of it. You you have to learn to be able to deal with these. The problem is, is ninety nine percent of artists and musicians and creative types, people in the creative world, hate that part of the, that side of it, and it's 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 a shame because I I see oftentimes people, you know, uh, missing opportunities uh, or whatnot, you know, and. You never know. Uh, you know, sometimes there's that butterfly effect. Oh, I did this and it led to that and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's happened to me. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it happens yeah. to everybody, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Well, we've gotten far afield. The, uh, the new track, we're going to play it here, is um, Drinking with the Saints. Now, John, you mentioned... I was not aware that there was a book. I got to get this book um, and hear the podcast. You know, who are your friends again uh, that, that right, wrote the so, book and had the podcast and everything? Yeah, so definitely got to give them a shout out. We we go to church together um, at St. Peter's here in Waco. And um, so Michael Foley, uh, he's actually a professor at Baylor University. And he wrote this Ooh. book a, a few years ago. So for people who... Uh, you know, like to come up with different recipes for cocktails and things like that. And But they also want to learn about, you know, the history, the background of where, you know, where these drinks came from, and uh, especially for, you know, Catholics, Christians who want to know the background with, 
you know, the saints that are tied to this particular drink. It's it's very fat, very very fascinating. Uh, I mean, there's so much that I've oh, learned. Absolutely. In fact, I would I'd say one of my favorite drinks from the book is the martini, which I believe that uh, Mike and Alexandria uh, like a good martini. Uh, we've had martinis together, so that's why I can I can say that. But uh, the, the drinking <laughs> of the saints podcast. So let's say that maybe. You, you you listen to the song, and this is kind of how it happens. It's, it kind of unfolds where you listen to the song, and one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to say, well, okay, yeah, that, that's a catchy song. Okay, that's great. I mean, that's great for me. But at the same time, if somebody goes on the other end, they go, that's a catchy song, but I'd also like to learn more about this whole idea of drinking with the saints. Well, first off, I would recommend their podcast. Uh, Mike and Alexandra host it. I believe it's weekly. I'd have to double check. But you can go on on the uh, what, I, uh, Apple Podcast or iTunes Podcast, and you can just type in Drinking with the Saints, and you can find it. So check nice. out uh, their podcast first. And just kind of like just learn about it. It's very entertaining. It's, and, and you learn a lot. It's, I think it's a 30-minute or it's an hour podcast. I think it's a 30-minute podcast. And then if you want to dive even deeper, then, yeah, check out the book. If you want to learn, like, the recipes and, and the history to all this, I would definitely check it out. So it starts with the book, then podcast, that, or I'm sorry, the song, podcast, and book. And that's kind of the order, like, in my mind that I'm thinking of. But it's cool. I mean, the, I, just this idea that I wrote a song from a book, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I'll yeah. tell you, yeah. I am not – and you know me, John. I am not an overly religious type person. Never have been, but I. A lot of people think that I am, and um, they think I'm much more uh, churchy, I suppose is the term, uh, than I actually am. Uh, because I, every day on my blog, I'll usually put um, whatever saint of the day it is, and uh, there's a whole bunch of saints, folks. There isn't like you know, fifteen of them. There's well, I don't know. 15,000 of them or something. It's crazy. And anything that anybody has done, there's probably a patron saint of it. Um, But I didn't know that they had uh, drinking and different cocktails and stuff associated with different. This is all new information to me. And I find it awesome. I learned a lot about saints uh, from the art world. I have an art history degree. And, uh, you know, for about, I don't know, 2,000 years or so, People been painting religious paintings. <laughs> that was the biggest game in town, you know, for a long time, and uh, still yeah. pretty big. Um, oh yeah. And, and so, the, so you learn about this, you know, and and some of it, you know, it's so funny. I had a, uh, I don't know, this is probably I don't know, half a year ago, about six months ago, uh, a woman emailed me, and uh, some of my horror paintings she had taken issue with, and she's like, "Why do you paint such ugly stuff?" Blah, 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 you know, whole riot act, you know, very conservative woman. And I said, ma'am, I said, you know, have you seen some religious art? Well, <laughs> um, St. Bartholomew, the poor, I think it's him, I, I, if memory serves, the guy who was skinned and he's always pictured wearing his skin, not wearing it like yeah. I'm wearing mine, he's wearing it like a cloak. Um, you know, I mean, there's some pretty heavy duty stuff in there. Uh, yeah, the, the saints are fascinating to me, and uh, and just so cool, some of them, you know, and, and beautiful, beautiful artwork. 
I'm definitely going to get that book just because I'm fascinated with things. I, I think it's, it's, it's just such a cool thing, you know. Um, I had no idea, no idea that there was yeah. cocktails involved. Sign me up. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like the best of both worlds. You you get to learn about this this history of of, of these saints, and and I'm glad that you mentioned feast days because I, I I believe that a lot of them are some are tied to maybe all of them are tied to um, a or the drinks are tied. Or, or uh, tied to a particular feast day and the saints and things like that. So once again, I'm, I'm just kind of going off, off off top of my head, but it it really is fascinating that you have this book and it, it, that talks about all this. In fact, uh, uh, Mike actually went uh, even further, and he uh, he's written uh, two or three other books, kind of similar. Uh, dr- I know there's one drinking with Saint Nick or Saint Nicholas. Uh, and then uh, I think his most recent one is Kissing Under the Mistletoe. So if you want a book where you learn about all of these different Christmas traditions, you know, why do we mm-hmm. kiss under the, mistle, uh, the mistletoe? Why do we have a Christmas tree? Why do we have an Advent wreath? It's, and so, yeah, yeah, Mike's written several books on, you know, the various topics kind of in, in the same realm. But it's, it's just really fascinating. You know, just thinking about no, it, talking absolutely. about it, reading about the saints. It's cool. It really is. Absolutely. It's very cool. And, you know, folks, we all enjoy Easter dinner and Christmas dinner with the family. I'm going to tell you something you may not know um, about Catholics, a lot of Christians, uh, but specifically about Catholics. Man, they like to do that every day. <laughs> they have a feast every There's somebody having That's a right. feast. Um, it's somebody's right. day every day, uh, and some well, of these we, things, we, yeah. some of them, I feel kind of bad. I, I don't feel bad for it, but I'm saying that kind of as a joke. But some of them have, you know, not just double duty; they're the patron saint of like six or seven different things. <laughs> you know, they're they're, oh, yeah. they're on there. They put them to work. Um, <laughs> you know. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free if you're a VIP member. You can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time.
My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. It's crazy. I, it's cool. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned. You know, there's you know, there's more celebratory days than there are. Uh, you know, we have Lent, we have Advent. The rest of the time, right. you know, we're we're kind of living it up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. i'm telling yeah. you i'm looking like i said i'm not uh i'm not overly religious but there are certain things believe me there's a celebratory feast day fast approaching with one of my favorite things where i grew up in metro detroit there's a very large polish population and uh, their big thing uh before Lent is punch keys. it's like a jelly donut and a bit different but very, very good, and that happens the 18th of this month. <laughs> I'm making the red X's on my calendar. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. <laughs> I know other yeah. places that do pancakes and stuff, but yeah, anytime, anytime there's a feast involved. My my in-laws uh, Italian Americans, and, and they do the big uh, Christmas Eve. They have the feast of the seven fishes, and it's all seafood. And my wife's not a seafood fan. Um, I am, <laughs> and uh, 
That's what I get my fish, man. I'm like, oh, a whole night, a whole feast of nothing but fish. I love it. Sign me up, baby. Sign me up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I don't know, you know. Hopefully, uh, you know, when I'm standing before St. Peter, he'll say, you know what? He celebrated enough feasts. We're going to let him in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a good guy. Bring him on. He sticks that girl's basketball hoop. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no. That's right. No, I'm kidding. That's right. I'm joking. I don't mean to be blasphemous or sacrilegious or anything like that. I, I hope no one's taking it that way. Uh, but it's yeah, charity. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to do it. You know, and that's the thing too is, is doing any kind of charity. I'm, I'm glad you you mentioned that. You know. There's no no better feeling in the world when you help somebody out, you know, when you can do what you can. makes me feel real good. I'm just telling you my experience. Um, you know, that's why you do it. It's uh, do what you can, you know. Yeah, it may, you might get some points somewhere, but, but who's keeping score? I'm not keeping score. I'm too busy. I, my days are too busy for that. Um, just try to do it and hope it works out, you know. That's, that's my advice. Oh, yeah. And yep. Anyhow, folks, shake those martinis, stir them if, uh, well, not if you're James Bond, you want it shaken, Uh, but get ready because here's the new track, Drinking with the Saints by John 3. Check this out.
There was, folks, Drinking with the Saints, John 3. See, I told you. I told you. What a great track. What a cool track, John. I love it. I love it. Now, it's out, right? It's been released? Oh, yeah. Today. Today. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's out there on all the streaming yeah. platforms. And, you know, it's funny because when, when we had it scheduled for or, or, you know, the uh, show for last Friday, I was like, you know, that, that's cool. But I just find it how interesting it is that several of the songs or albums or whatnot that I was going to release has always landed on release day, like the show on release right. day. So it it just it worked out great. Could See, be one of those, whoever the patron saint of podcasting is, and I'm sure there is one, uh, is looking oh, out yeah. for us. He's looking out for us, man. And that's a good thing. <laughs> I oh, appreciate yeah. it. I'm very oh, yeah. thankful. Oh, man. it's uh, Well, that's cool. That's cool. What that also means, folks, is uh, Drinking with the Saints will definitely be going on our uh, show um, Spotify playlist. We have a sh- uh, all of our music guests go on a Spotify playlist for the show. And, um, you know, and it's, it's very, very cool. Now, I often tell people, because they ask me, they say, where's the best place to, uh, to get the music uh, that your guests have and whatnot? And I always tell them, at a show can't make a show go to the website buy it direct because they get more of the pie um but there's nothing wrong with buying music on streaming you know you know, i don't know you may be in dusseldorf germany or something <laughs> who knows you know buy it where you can the thing is is to buy it and like and share it <laughs> add it to your playlist very important uh, very important. It is. Use it in the background of a TikTok. Who knows? You may have the greatest TikTok in the world, and you need some background music for it. So there you go. There you go. If you're making, you know. Yep. Put it on there. I encourage it. I, yeah, Absolutely. I encourage that. I mean, you know, yes. You Just know, well, too. here's the thing. You know, there's yeah. I mean, there's there's that one-time purchase. You know, ninety-nine cents, and, and that's that's great, but. Also, like you said, yeah, you know, put it, you share, or rather share it on, on your Spotify playlist or, you know, share it on YouTube or, you know, anybody of, you know, any of my songs, if anybody ever wants to use one of my songs on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or, uh, <clears throat> or uh, what, just, just name your place. I mean, you can mm-hmm. use my music for free. Like you do not have to pay for it. Here's here's a little caveat with with uh, with Instagram, and I learned this a couple of months ago. Sometimes I'm kind of I'm kind of a late learner in learning this, but whenever that I would post a song, and I've, I've gotten to a habit of posting a song on you know each Friday, you know from one of my catalog mm-hmm. songs from my catalog. And I and and Instagram will instantly instant okay pardon the pun they will take it down rather quickly and I'm like oh, what the, the heck is claim. going what yeah it's a copyright claim but if you go into like a re, like if you do a reel and that's what I started doing is and then if you pull up my song if you go to you know you're you're creating a reel and you click on music well if you just type in John space the number three and then the name of the song it'll pop up. So then you can there use you go. that in a reel. So, yes, you can use my music. I encourage people, Drinking with the Saints or any of the other songs, the RC songs I have, uh, 
you're you're welcome. You're for free. You're welcome to uh, share them like, uh, put them on play. Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if you dig any of my songs, yeah, use them. Fantastic. I welcome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, John, I hate to do it, but I just the computer. Remember we were talking before about the uh, off mic about the big hook. It just oh, yeah. happened. It just happened. Oh, man. Thank you so much, John, for taking time to be on the show and whatnot. I'm sorry we had to end things a little short tonight. Um, they're doing some maintenance. Anyhow, uh, folks, this will be this will be converted to a podcast. It'll be available just ASAP. Might be in the morning, um, but we're going to get it up there. And, uh, yeah, John 3. We have a link. John3music.com is the main website. Follow and yep. like his uh, Facebook and Instagram, John 3 Music. Absolutely. Very easy to find. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Yep. Thank you. We'll I appreciate time, it. Always fun. Sounds good. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rox's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rox, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks at Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.